Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my God! Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh no. Oh, here we go. For other pop culture phenomenon, Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. The first period starts right now. Rob and Dave, you're home for the perfect blend. Hockey and professional wrestling. Eve Hines, 57. Hines, 57. Blake Como. At least he's doing something now. We're just sitting there. And I'm sorry if everybody's like, hey, I know that music. Yeah, I'm ripping off the Dan Patrick show. I don't care. It's good music. I we like should have did opening. Orange Cassidy's fucking if intro. We can jump into that. He has a new intro. He's not taking he's, the best friends intro. He has like his own. He took a step up. He is the rock of that group of the nation of domination. Look, if you if you had to rank all three of those, there's Orange Cassidy. There's the guy who has a physique and whoever the hell the other guy is. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, accent smash. <laughs> yes, very true. Very true. All right. So yeah, it's been it's been quite a number of months since we've uh done a a podcast. Um yeah, the last time was uh yeah, we're probably not gonna have a season. And well, we proved us wrong. And now and we're, now we're going to have a season. Yeah. Today is uh, day one of uh summer camp. As and the penguins held out nine players because they were in contact with somebody who has coronavirus. And what was it? Uh Montreal had like four or five players who tested positive and then they tested him again. And it was like a false negative or false positive. And this is all before getting into this bubble. I picture false like, negative. <laughs> I picture this is like, I don't know. You know, those, uh, if you ever, when we were watching um, intermission, they you know, instead of having those sumo suits, they had the uh, little the air, puck puck. No, not, yeah, those kind of things. Where you just like rammed into each other. I I picture that as being hockey now. They're saying, yeah. oh, they're going to go into this bubble and these quote unquote no longer saying hub cities. And <laughs> apparently the uh, NHL now wants you to use certain terminology. They don't have COVID. They just, and then they're not upper body or lower body. They're, they're one thing or another unfit to play or, or something like that, like sugarcoating it. And the only person who's smiling, ear to ear right now is Lou Lamarillo 
the uh, founder of upper body injury, lower body injury. Now it's just not playing. <laughs> he has the coughs. Yeah. He's so, got the sniffles yeah. on his knee. On his knee. <laughs> the COVID knee. All right. So start off with our crease to crease segment. Um, de- some devil's talk. Uh, actually, a lot of devil's talk. Yeah. Considering the impact of, of the news. Um, I think both of our um, choice for uh, a full-time general manager has come to fruition. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald named removing the interim tag, now a full-time GM uh, of the New Jersey Devils, uh, which was fine. I don't think you get him. You don't think you take a person who's an interim, give him carte blanche for a um, trade deadline, and just finish out a season or what have you do coaches interviews i have no idea if he was sitting in the room when they did possible gm interviews i don't know it's just how screwy our our manager or upper management seems to be but i like the fact that they named him gm it's fine it's give him a chance everybody wanted to interview him right he just never had that opportunity never took the opportunity now he's got it the head scratcher on the first five seconds of the news hitting Lindy Ruff is now the new head coach over uh, Elaine Nazardine. Now, we can give Elaine Nazardine some kudos, some props. Um, He didn't sink the ship. He didn't rebuild the ship. He just lifted it up a little bit. He gave the team confidence. He was, uh, you know, he was a uh, push-up bra. A push-up bra, yes. A push-up yeah. bra head coach. We were sagging, and he pushed us up a little bit, but behind it all, it was just fluff. <laughs> I think that's the best explanation for yes. it, that he uh, he he took what we had and pushed it up. Yes. But at the end of the day, it was just smoke and mirrors because he was dealt a shitty hand, but... On the other side of it, like he didn't really change anything a hell of a whole lot that Hines did. No, because it's you know it's the low hanging fruit from a from a tree of woe. Tree of woe. Mm-hmm. Call back. Look huh? at you tying, tying. both segments tying. of our. Yes. Um, so in this head coach search, names like Peter Laviolette, Gerard Gallant. Um, Who's the dude from uh, John Stevens uh, was out there and apparently two unknown, unnamed people and Elaine Azardine could have been Nazar Alon or somebody. I don't know. The uh, uh, Swedish dude. I think from what happened, I think it was one of those. Hey, how are you? Good. What's your contract terms? Hold on a second. Put that on mute. Ah, I just signed a contract. All right. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Because uh, that dude got what, like a two-year extension or something. I'm yeah. interested to see what Lindy Ruff, how, how many years Lindy Ruff got versus well, how many years that Swedish guy got. Because from from what I heard today and read just before we started recording about Lindy Ruff is he's really just going to be a place setter to get the team kind of, I don't know, the ball rolling a little bit. Did you read this? No. Who who told who said this? I something online, Twitter. Who knows if it's true? But that he's just there to kind of right the ship, and then that Fitzy is really big on Mike Greer. 
they just want him. So picture Mike Rears, I'm going to guess, especially since he played for Lindy Ruff, that he will be one of the assistant coaches. Um, as far as his other assistant coach, well, keeping with Lindy Ruff, I know if you read Twitter, especially the devil's kind of side of Twitter, a lot of people are, we should have had Laviolette, we should have had, you know, this person and this person. From again, from what I heard on Puck Soup and other podcasts, is Laviolette A was asking for, you know, five, big money. Five mil? Is, is that too he, much for a head coach? Or? He also wanted full control. Are you sure? Like, uh, so Laviolette and Gallant wanted that? Yeah, that they wanted full control. Well, oh, no, okay. I, the, uh, from what I understand, Gallant wanted full control, but he wanted nothing to do with analytics people. Yeah, Nothing. that wasn't going to happen. And it came out that he had the same stance in Florida. Uh, he had the same stance in Vegas. And he's still unemployed. <laughs> yeah, He didn't so... want to have outside uh, influences on who he puts on the ice. And I agree with him. Look, I've been coaching in this league. I'm successful the way I am. And if you want me i'm gonna do it my way i'm not just gonna start banging a different drum because your team is big with a bunch of you know pocket protectors in an office who can turn around and see that oh wow look uh kevin rooney is really good with the puck like well great i'm not putting him on the power play i'm not he's not getting more than fourth line minutes but because your stats say that no i'm you know I have an eye test. I'm not putting Kevin Rooney against Sidney Crosby just because Kevin Rooney has good puck possession. True, but I also think you need to have a blend of coaching stuff and analytic stuff. Yeah, where, I think we talked about this line is, but. on a prior show, but like it, it's definitely something that you need to have in there. Not that but, it's going to be controlling it or anything, but I, yeah. Right, but I'm not sitting on the bench going, well, I read those stats before the game, and Kevin Rooney is awesome in a right-handed face-off in the defensive. Like, I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking they got Sidney Crosby out there. I got to get Kevin Rooney off the ice and put Travis Ajak on it's one kind of, of thing. They pull the iPad off the thing, and you're like, oh, instant message. What does that say? GM says, sit him. <laughs> Okay, thanks, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> Trade him right fucking now. Yeah. But um, as far as rough going, he's an experienced coach. Yes. Some people are like, oh, well, he didn't do well with, you know, young kids, which is full of shit because if you think about him in Buffalo, That's he built he that team around young kids. Your Briere, your Chris Drury when they were younger, um, Maxima Finneganoff, you know, like Brian Campbell, you could just name that team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals when he was the coach. They did what? There's a lot of young guys. Did they do back-to-back Eastern Conference champs? Or was uh, it just... Or at least they got no, they only went to one final. Okay. Stanley Cup or Eastern? Yeah, Stanley Cup. That's okay. the Brett Hall foot in the crease. Right. One against Dallas. And then when he goes to Dallas, right, he goes and gets Jamie Benn. And who else? Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan getting killer points. Uh, Klingberg. You know, he had successful years in Dallas with the team. He had one bad year, which ended up being the year he got fired. But in the overall grand scheme of things, I'd rather have an experienced coach like him with a young team than an inexperienced coach like 
Hines and Hines and uh, Nazardine trying to show these kids how the game needs to be played. Now, do I remember reading other things that people were like, well, they should hire Scott Stevens. Yeah, I agree. They should. But in the grand scheme of things, Scott Stevens has only been a coach for, I don't know, what do you coach? Two years? Yeah. Handful at most. Yeah. And he, he broken up over time. Now, if you said like Adam Oates or something like that, yeah, I would jump that. He's not leaving his business, but I'm I'm okay. Now, how does it impact our team? I think our young players are going to be uh, held more accountable. Not like DeBoer, you know, where you make a mistake and you're benched mm-hmm. like Larson was, but more like accountable, like, all right, you fucked up. I'm going to put you right back out there. Don't make the same mistake. And if you do, well, then we're going to have, you know, then you're going to face the consequences, but learn from your mistake, which is what our team needs. And I liked what he said with regards to um, his understanding of players today. They, they understand what you're telling them to do, but, but why? then they come back and say, why do I need to do that? And, and, if and when I was coaching, it, that was the same thing. Yeah. It's not just why are we do you know why are we sprinting? Well, did you watch the last game? We looked like we were skating in sand. So it's either a conditioning or it's a um, a matter of not pushing yourself to be the best. Either way, the skating, doing bag skates are going to fix this problem. And I um, I and I don't know if it's just fluff from the team per se, to, to pump up the fact that they signed him or whatnot. But Marty Brodeur comes out and says, he, he when he listens to Lindy Ruff, it sounds like a Jacques Lemaire person. Chico Resch said uh, Lindy Ruff reminds him of Larry Robinson when he coached the Devils. Um, I think somebody else might have said something about... Um, names escape me. Who was, the other, who was the, uh, our other head coach that got us a cup? Uh, Burns. I don't know if that's fluff or if that's just trying to, you know, I don't know, make it sound like it's a better signing or whatnot. But the fact that you have these guys coming out and saying he reminds me of this made me feel a little bit better about the hire. Um, Yes, I was on the ledge jumping off going, why the hell did we sign Lindy Ruff? Not because he's an, uh, now an ex-Rangers coach or anything. It's whatever. Um, side note to that, every Ranger fan going, oh, thank God he took him. Thank God he took him. You know, he stinks. But Tony, what, Tony D'Angelo, Fox, all these other defensive guys had pretty darn good years so far on right. that team, which was, let's see, under Lindy Ruff's tutelage. Also, so, also you know, you can't entirely blame uh Lindy Ruff for the Rangers being he was the assistant coach so you might not know how much input he had yes in running it the way he you know it's easy to be a head coach and micromanage and control every aspect of it and I don't know if Quinn was one of those guys where it's you run the defense any way you want I run the offense and we go from there was it more um one guy runs the defense with the input from Quinn. 
Yeah. I mean, and the other part, too, is that he was an assistant coach, right? Yeah. It's different, I guess. I would not guess, but I'm assuming it's different as a head coach. You now have a game plan for everybody versus this is what you need to do and, you know, execute it. But then I think under Hines, it was one of those, here's my plan. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Done. Next. And I think that's what it was kind of screwy too. So hopefully he's able to hire assistants that I, I, I hear the, the thing of, oh, he has a chance to speak to all of his current assistants, including Elaine Nazardine, question mark, right. uh, about possible spots on this team. Personal preference, and I think we discussed this over text, clean house. You brought up the Mike Greer thing. Okay, maybe one. I always thought of Elaine Nazardine as that point zero point one chance of staying just because of how the team kind of responded to him and gelled together and goes, you know, we're not giving up. You're forcing us not to give up, and we're going to move forward. Outside of that, I want a whole new staff. Whether or not I want a staff that's similar to, to what he had at Buffalo or Dallas, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's been, you know, with the assistant coach in the Rangers. He sees other coaches around and going, hmm, maybe I can pick the brain of that guy or that guy. Or dream assistants or what? Eliash and the PK, right, to, to Power coach play, that. Yeah. Uh, power play and then um Stevens to coach our D. Yippee and what? Brodor or 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 whoever else to coach goalie. So we have an all devils coaching staff. If it fits enough where it's going to excel the team and you just don't look at it as former Devils player Patrick Eliash is a coach versus Patrick Eliash the coach. I don't know if you can tell the difference between the two. But if it's not one of those, hey, they hired all devils, I don't want that. No. But if they fit, fine. That almost never works, and, and except for Montreal back in the 70s. Yeah, but I think in the 70s, I don't necessarily think that they needed coaching. <laughs> yeah. Um, who who would assistants be? I have, I have no idea. No clue. Because, I mean, being four months removed from a hockey globe, I just lost name, I, everything. I have no idea who he would look at. And you can't really I mean, do anything now because everybody who's in play, you could possibly hire somebody. But now that they're going to be in play and doing this and not going to be available till what Christmas, uh, that's rough. Yep. Not to I mean, jump on that. But I'd be fine with Jim Montgomery being an assistant coach. Now, what was his issue in Dallas? Was it a uh, alcohol-related issue that just got a little out of hand for him and? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I heard he was a, a boozer. I I mean Which is fine. He's not going out boozing in Newark. It's true. I think if you're looking at Lindy Ruff as a short termer, short or a short timer, maybe you bring back the guys. I don't know. That that are on this staff and then whoever you're putting in and gets the you know his head co- his assistants in, I don't know. I really don't. This is a tough one because if Lindy Ruff is going to be a short-termer, how do you bring in guys knowing That's where you bring in the guy that you really want as an assistant coach. Maybe it is someone like Eliash. Maybe it is someone like Stevens where they get the experience. They're around the team. And now, okay, Lindy Ruff, you know, he's going to have a rough year or two. Because we're we are a rebuilding team, 
at, and these guys are young, at what point does the ears turn off? Yeah, it's true. And you need a new voice. I kind of so, hear the same thing with Lindy Ruff saying you want to be, you know, the same things that Shiro put out there. They wanted to be fast. They want to be supporting. They want, you know, and I hear it and I'm like, it's, it, it sounds like a retread of, you know, a, a, a Shiro hire. And I question that because it that didn't work <laughs> unless right. it was unless it was simply a John Hines. Every time he opened his mouth, the players did an eye roll. That's the only if 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 Shiro did the right things and it was Hines's fault, then it was just the head coach and the GM took the fall, too. I don't know. A lot of questions. I, think, with this I mean, it's yeah. There's a lot of. I mean, we could always sit here and speculate that maybe the leaders in the and I did air quotes there. Mm-hmm. The leaders that were in the Devils locker room didn't like the fact that guys like Hall, um, Andy Green, you know, like they made huge giant mistakes in games, giving pucks away, not backtracking, whatever. And I'm not picking on Andy Green because he's an older guy, but definitely Hall. And he continued to get a shift. He could like other than the rare occasion when Hall got benched and then they interviewed him and he's like, Oh, I deserve to get benched. Of course he's gonna say that. But then there were other guys that would that I could really care less about, but like there were other younger guys that they would make one mistake and you don't see them the rest of the period. They're on the bench, they're stapled. Inconsistency you know, in the head coaching position. Right. Sure. You, you can't have that, you know. But on the other side, every player needs to in this kind of new environment in the NHL, sadly, every player needs to be treated differently. Like you can't paint one brush. Very true. Now, does this guy rough help us attract new UFAs? I think it's got to be a tandem. And from what I understand from just listening to what um, Fitzgerald had mentioned is that he wanted somebody. It sounded like he wanted a relationship. (laughs) Like you think about if you're a guy or a girl, you want this type of person in a relationship. That's what he wants. He wants to go hand in hand and bring this team to, to back to the, you know, cup years and everything else. A little weird, but if they're on the same page, it's got to be a, a like a 50-50 thing going, well, like, what do you think? Well, I think these, this player might do it. All right, bring an analytics going. Is it going to fit that idea? You bring it all together. You just can't go, all right, trade for Sidney Crosby. If not, all right, I'll quit. Like, it's. Oh, it's got to be Fitzgerald going, all right, here, show me your lineup and highlight circle, you know, whatever, parentheses, the guy that doesn't fit in the lineup where you see it and then tell me the kind of player mm-hmm. you're looking for because i mean if you look at at some aspects during our season like miles wood was playing first line he was playing with palmary and nico that shouldn't be happening ever yeah, blame it on injury it doesn't matter But that's the kind of thing where you circle and you go, okay, I need a guy right here to play with Nico. I need a guy right here. Okay, what kind of player? And if that kind of player is available, like what does he see? Yeah, 
you know, we're going to talk about Brock Bessner. That'd be awesome. I think he is the perfect kind of fit for our lineup. Either you put Brat with Nico or you put Besser with Nico and Palmieri with Hughes. You know, like yeah. it's that perfect matchup. But if we can't get him, maybe you don't want a Besser. Maybe you want somebody like a little more muscle that's going to protect Jack and be somebody like a Tyler Toffoli where they're kind of built differently than Besser, different skill sets, but that's the way Ruff sees it. And if that's the way he sees it and he sells it to Fitzy and the analytics all match up, that's where the coach and the player have to work, the team have to work together. Fitzgerald that's did, how I said. Fitzgerald did mention um, in one of the presses, one of the interviews saying that because of the news of the NHL being uh, the cap's going to stay fairly similar the next couple of years, pending how we all come out of this pandemic and everything, where he has the money, he has the cap room, and everything else, where because of that scenario, it pushes us a few steps ahead of where we would have been. Okay. So does that attract a better UFA to us right now. Right. Do we use that space to rebuild? Meaning like, yeah, you know what? I'll take Brock Besser and you're going to throw in Louis Erickson, who's worth nothing, but it makes seven or $6 million a year. Well, don't expect to get what I would give you back just for Besser. You know, like yeah. I might have given you one of my firsts and say like a Miles Wood or or Brad or somebody, but if you're going to throw in Louis Erickson, well, then I'm going to give you, you know, you're just getting Miles Wood and a second round and a conditional first. Right. Apparently what conditionals are kind of thrown out with this new CBA that kind of came out, I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but something to that where conditional picks are the conditional picks for this year are just wacky. I've read half the time that, Oh yeah. You know, like Arizona and, and uh, Vancouver, they're in the playoffs. So that means we actually get the picks. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's not this, it's that, you know, Vancouver needs to win or Arizona needs to win and you get that pick. And I sit there confused. I go, what is it? Right. It's like, so I'm we, going on the, and you know, we can move, we can move on to the next part. Um, we get the seventh pick in the draft, which is pretty much where they predicted us to finish seven. What drop one so fifth, from six to fifth, six, seventh. Yeah. That's where they had us going. Um, it's a deep enough draft. A deep enough draft where the first, I think, three are going to be guys that will be playing whenever the NHL starts up again. Will be playing maybe four, and then everybody else after that is one of those like. It depends on the team that they're going to, right? You know what they need. Like if we were to able, if we were able to get one of those defensemen, I take Sanderson or or Drysdale. Um, there's, I don't think they're coming into our lineup right away. Can you imagine if Drysdale drops to us? It's from what I again from my read experts. You're going to have whoever the first pick is, which could in theory be, be the Devils. If well, it's not Arizona's pick. I believe is per, is lottery protected. protected. But if Vancouver but Vancouver's wins, isn't. Ah, uh, okay, all right. If they so, win the first round, they're in. That pick is ours. 
And if the August. card, the lottery comes up, well, no, and they, well, no, if they would have to lose, but then we don't get again. The pick then. But that's that. That's where the league needs to make up this their point. Is it the play in round the playoffs, or no. is it? It. I think it. What it is is Batman looks at. Let's see who does this impact the most. The Devil. No, they're not in the playoffs. No, we gave them two already. <laughs> but. From what I heard, let's just say whatever placeholder team is going to take Lafonier, then the second one is that German kid Stutzel, Stetzel, whatever his name is. Strudel. Then you're going to have Quinton Byfield. Those are the top three, and two and three can flip flop. Now the fourth pick, I believe, is Detroit. Yeah, they could use a defenseman, right? Detroit is going to take that Cole Perfreffi guy. Because apparently he's got some connection with Detroit, you know, hometown. kind of hometown guy, one of things. So now that leaves the fifth pick, which I believe is Ottawa. What does Ottawa need? Does Ottawa need a center? Does Ottawa need a, you know, a defenseman? In my opinion, they don't really need a defenseman. They have Thomas Kabat. Isn't isn't there like isn't it like them? A pick, and then them again, and then us, or something it's like that. Like that, they. I think they have the third pick. So it's L.A. second, Ottawa the third, Detroit the fourth, and then Ottawa's the fifth again. And uh, then the sixth uh, pick is. I don't know. Kings? No, Kings are higher. No, Kings are second. And then the seventh pick is us, where maybe one of those defensemen dropped to us. Maybe depending on again what the devils are looking for. But from every projection that I've seen is we're taking the Marco Rossi kid. And he's, a, he's the center. Or he's just, he's, they said he's like a Braden point where he can play center undersized, but he can score. He could also play wing. And apparently he's close friends with Nico that he followed Nico's kind of path. He was from Austria. He couldn't play in Austria. Because he was too good in Austria, hockey kind of sucked, and his dad would drive to Switzerland Ooh. for practices and playing. And because he followed the path of Nico, where it was like, "Well, I need to get to where I can be." But you remember Nico and that whole thing was a Shiro thing. You you want you want Fitzy to be different. You want him to be different. So far, yeah. I think he is. But. I think Shiro made the right choice considering Nolan Patrick hasn't played since last uh, April and he isn't even on the Flyers playoff roster because of um, uh, what do you call it? Menstrual. I mean, my, migraines, <laughs> migraines, my he hasn't menstrual, played in like I mean, a year and a half because of migraines. Hey, that look, kids, that kid's career is done. Yep. So I think Shiro made the right choice in that one. But, uh, it, oh, I think I think if, if all right, we hit a home run and we get those three picks. <clears throat> it's got to be defense. It's got to be defense. Look, you know, you know my UFA want and need. I, I have this. I had the same feeling that PK was coming to us, and it happened. Fitz magic. If I can take an NFL term from the quarterback from the Miami Dolphins, Fitz magic needs to happen. You get on the phone with Petrangelo and go, hey. Be a part of this. Yeah, but A, he's an older guy, might not want it. 
might not want to have to suffer. And if he is going to come to us, you are going to PK money him. You're going to pay him $9 million a year. So now we're going to have two guys on our blue line making $9 million. I mean, it's not that we don't have the money, but we do. It's yes, I know. It's like, and then how long is this? Yes. So, I mean, if you're telling me we're signing him for 27 million time, you know, divided by three, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Because by that point, you hope Severson comes around if he's not part of any sort of trade. You know, you hope that Ty Smith, Kevin Ball, you know, now you've got three solid ones. You just need those bottom three defensemen. And if Peter Angelo is still at a level where we can use him, well, all right, instead of paying you $9 million, maybe you're going to get a four-year $6 million deal now. But I think draft-wise, defense. If If any of those two kids hit on that pick, pick them. Yeah, I agree with you. But I mean, I also think you need to go for a forward. And one of the most highly touted prospects is a goalie from Russia. Uh, Yeah. I mean, they say he's about three or four years away. Okay. From if if they're looking. All right. And it also depends because they're also talking to uh, Blackwood about a contract extension. Depends how long they sign him for. You want to give him like a seven-year deal, then you don't. You can't draft. You don't draft the goalie. You give him a three-year deal. Okay, think about it. Now, you give you, if a you bridge hit, deal. If, if you hit a home run, you get those three picks from Arizona, Vancouver, and our seventh. If defense falls to seven, you pick it. If anything higher, do you trade two picks to move up? No, I want. I want that unless somebody comes and blows you away with a deal where you get, I don't know, I'm not going to say Connor McDavid for, for two picks because he's worth more than that. You're, you're, you're basically, you're basically giving away four first rounders plus. It's got to be a perfect deal where it's like that trade is going to near guarantee you a Stanley Cup. Otherwise, no. I want those three picks. Let them develop. That's another thing that you're worried about, too, is development. The one thing I read, too, is that uh, Fitzgerald, once he became an interim general manager, talked to Delaney in, in uh, Albany, Binghamton, wherever. Where's our team? He said, yeah. <laughs> he said, don't do what the devils are doing. Do your thing. Boom. Playoff run. Corey was a part of that. I know we talked about that over text. So you have that, too. So... Do you is that a different developmental idea? Because you know we really haven't developed much. Because I seriously, I mean, we have a deep prospect pool. It just it hasn't, you know, we've planted a lot of seeds that have not come to fruition yet. And I really don't care about Nico and Hughes. You pick, you got the number one pick twice. (laughs) What development do you need? That that's easy peasy. Well, what I'm saying is, let's say it gets to the fifth pick. Mm-hmm. and it's Ottawa and we go knocking on the door and we say we'll trade you one, our seventh pick and, and a piece like Miles Wood Miles Wood or Severson to get 
Drysdale to you make that trade. Yeah. Yeah, so do I. Because if you're going to trade Severs, and now if you told me they go, no, we want Ty Smith. No, thanks. No. No, I'm good. You, you're, you know, like you guys are young enough. Here's some veteran, not a salary dump, but just here. Go. With it. I just, Where I don't think that team? Ottawa would, would ask for a defenseman. I think they would ask for somebody like a brat that could, you know, has skill because Ottawa has defensemen. They've got that Fabian Branson kid who they got from Vegas. They've got, you know, that Thomas Kabat kid. You know, they've got depth on defense where maybe they don't take a defenseman. Maybe they they go after Marco it's, Rossi or whoever it is. It's almost like that one pick that goes outside of a general idea prediction path and just messes up the rest of the draft where all these players just start falling and falling and you yeah, get, you know, it ends up being, oh crap, we get Wayne Gretzky at the thirty second pick. Cool. <laughs> Well, Seth Jones, that's that's what happened to Seth Jones. He was supposed to be one of those top three, and I think he fell to like seven. You know, you never know. Again, it's going to be a, you know, to wrap this up with the, uh, with the draft stuff for us anyway, it's going to be a complete crapshoot because one, these kids haven't played since March. So that means these guys didn't get to scout them at the Memorial Cup. They didn't get to scout them in any sort of tournaments or whatever that they were going to play. That's number one. Number two, they're not going to get a chance really to do any interviews to get to know these people at like a combine or whatever. It's going to essentially be a virtual like we're doing right now kind of, oh, let me interview you with, you know, via and see how you think where you're not going to see the body language. You're not going to see the the facial expressions kind of stuff. You could, and then you, you could, if, if you have the folks that, you know, if you have your, your, your coach, you have your GM talking about it, and maybe you have another person looking over the guy's shoulder, just literally looking at the guy's expressions going, eh, eh, take, you know, put them off a list. You never know. Right. But now, the other still- thing is we don't know when the season's going to start. So now you December. get drafted. What? December, January. Right. So now you think about it. These kids are now I know that they're probably skating on their own and working out and whatever, but these kids are essentially going to go nine months without playing. There's not going to be a rookie camp. There's not going to be, especially for a team that's in the draft lottery. There's not going to, they're not going to play. Like, let's say the, the lottery, the draft is what? October, September, October. And they're not going to start up again for three months. Well, like, you know, what do you do? Is there going to be something for these lower teams that are in the lottery? I think there where, are, there's talk, but nothing substantial but, about. But here's the thing: the what's the point of it, yeah. other than to get them to play? That, you know, yeah, like, there's no only, motivation. Veterans, right? I mean, like, if you, if I'm somebody like Travis Zajac, all right, cool. Training camp is to get ready for the season. But now you're telling me I'm coming in on October. The season's not going to be until December, maybe January risk getting hurt. What's what's my motivation right now to, to, to go and play. I'm getting paid. You know, like what's, what's my motivation? Like, what are you going to sell these teams on? 
if you win or get the most points in a meaningless tournament? What are, what are, what are you selling me on? Oh, you might be in the draft lottery regardless of where you are. Well, what the fuck's the point of that? If I win the tournament, I'm a good team. It's true. A lot of and questions if you about that. Tell me the last the last place team gets a you know an extra percentage in the draft, the future draft lottery. Well, what the again, this tournament means nothing. Why don't I just fucking throw it? Here, I'm gonna play without a goalie. <laughs> this this whole season and off season and playoffs and year or years plural into next yeah. total crapshoot head to toe the the cover of nhl 21 should just be somebody with their hand on their head like with a mask with a mask of course uh, apparently there are some head coaches assistant co- no assistant coaches that are opting out of this going i'm good thanks I'll, nope. I'll five. I know the five players so far have opted out. Yeah, I thought it was up to seven, but either way, it's still... if it was, it was today when I was sleeping. But there was five when I went to. It was sleep basically, this hey, we ratified a new CBA. We're gonna do this, that, and the other thing. Oh, you did? Cool. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm good. But a lot of these players that are opting out have some sort of health issue. You know, like they're they have diabetes, or you know, I know there was talk of a uh, kapu not being put on the roster because the Rangers might hold him out because he has diabetes and they didn't want to risk him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Domi. Max Domi's waiting a or week yeah, but or so he... before he makes his decision. But isn't he also suspended? I don't know. What was he suspended for? Oh, no, wait. That's the other guy on the Rangers. Was it? There's some guy that, that I read something that he was supposed to get suspended for a hit and then the season stopped. Huh. Anyway. Well, we'll go from there. Uh, but the last thing about the Devils, uh, Nico serving in the Swiss National Army. Do you do, all right? Do you buy into the fluff about him being the next captain, or do you think yes, he's, really? <laughs> yes, he I, is definitely going to have a letter in yes. the next se- coming season. But does he get the captaincy? I, don't, I can't. He's look. He's a locked up. I know for years B he's already worn a letter a couple of times this season. I know he is a nonstop. As I look at the picture of Zach Parisi over here, he is very Parisi esque in the, I may not be the loudest voice in the room, but I dare you to outwork me. Yes. Kind of feeling. I would love for it to go to palms, but he's a UFA. And again, looking at my Zach Parisi picture, we can't afford to have another captain bolt. Lock him up. Can you negotiate um, next year's contract? Lock her up. (laughs) (laughs) Another show. I mean, can you, can they sign him or, or is this one of those faux July 1st things? I don't know. A bunch of players were signed today by other teams, yeah, the, the Islanders signed the Russian goalie. They were, that's entry level stuff. I'm talking about Palms' extension. Do you? I don't that, know. We have city? to read the new CBA. <laughs> you got time for that? I do. I have lots of time at night. <laughs> All right. So the CBA gets signed. Four years includes the Olympics. I heard Gary Bettman on the NHL Network on Sirius XM. Not a plug, but a plug. Um, the Olympics is not guaranteed. 
it is it's an option to say we need to hear what they have to say and if it's good enough we'll do it the players wanted it so we included the option well what that means is is the ioc going to cough up yes money the money Money, money, and the rights for us to do this but on the other side the way i see it our season going from now on i don't think our seasons in the future are going to start until december now instead of starting in october because if you think about it if next season's not going to start till let's say december 1st that means the playoffs are not going to end until like july the end of july yeah and then what you're going to have august september october October, november and plus two if you're going to do a full 80 game schedule next season from january with minimal breaks to like if you're going to put in 80 games in a december to june thing and now you're telling me that you're we're going to do the olympics one in 2022 and we're going to start the season in december and then shut it down in january i don't see it i don't see i don't see the ioc coughing up money and i don't see the league the league is basically going it's kind of like when you tell your kid well if you get all your work done you can have this candy you know they ain't going to get all that work done i i think it was a good olive branch for them to say yes, we'll include some form of Olympic talk or something to appease, oh. not appease, but to say, you know what, you got that back. We'll think about it. Yes, considering before it was Olympics, no, yet. Yeah, but it's awesome for us for content-wise because now we can go through and you can sit, think about how dominant that Canadian roster is going to be <laughs> when Sidney Crosby is probably on your third, third line, line with Brad Marchant and Patrice Bergeron. And you it's got like an all-star game. It, it really is. It's going to be Connor McDavid and whatever other first liners that we can put on his wings versus Stamkos and whatever two other guys we can put on his wings and Tyler Sagan and, it's almost like how the USA men's basketball team was in the 90s Olympics, where it was just like they killed teams 210. Yeah. That's well, that leads, that leads to something I don't have on here, but I don't know if we discussed it because it was fucking so long ago in our last show. But the, the Jordan documentary, did you watch it at all? The 10-part? No, it was awesome. It was really good. And that's coming from a guy who absolutely cannot stand basketball. It was great to see behind the scene footage. It was great to see Jordan not just, you know, be like Mike, you know, smiling McDonald's commercial, him like after a game, just smoking a cigar, talking shit on everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and then it led to in the Twitter verse, you know, with hockey, like who could you do a documentary? And everyone kind of said, you know, oh, Gretzky, Gretzky, Gretzky. It would be the most boring yeah you know, kind of 10 part miniseries. Like everybody knows Gretzky's story. Everybody knows, Oh, he was, he was a phenom as a kid, you know, and he (laughs) grew up to be the greatest, arguably the greatest player to ever put on skates. And I heard on Sirius XM radio, and I guess they were in a ring Barry Melrose when he coached Gretzky in that 
late his his last cup run or whatever. He was talking to Gretzky and everything else, and he just basically came. Gretzky came out and basically said, "Listen, if I stink, sit me." Like that's, yeah, that's like, how, like it's cool. But the whole thing is like, yeah, you talked about that, and yeah, a superstar saying "sit me," that means a docu series like that is going to be just so vanilla, yeah. and not, you're not going to get anything out of it. Sean Avery. Fin- I think Avery would be a good one, but That's he's not—he's not well known enough in the outside hockey yeah. world to draw that market. There is nobody. The one—the only person I could think of, again, that would be extremely entertaining, and it wouldn't be, as you said, like a vanilla story, would be Theo Fleury. Okay. Because Theo Fleury with him as a kid being molested, him being five six with skates on, you know, then him getting into drugs and and his whole recovery after that, you know, kind of being an ambassador, it would it wouldn't be a, obviously it's not going to be a ten parter, but it would be a kind of three part, you know, his childhood years molestation, his NHL years. After, Post, yeah, because if you've read his book, I think it's called Fire on Ice or whatever. It's awesome. It's it's definitely a book. I think I read it in like two days, kind of thing. It was one of those like holy shit kind of him in when he was in New York. Not to be a spoiler or anything, but when he was in New York, uh, they knew about his drug problem and they had like people following him around Slapping to prevent him. Yeah from like going to bars and going mm-hmm. and he kind of like casino, like the movie casino, he would drive into like a parking garage and he'd have a car there waiting for him. So he would park his car and then drive out and they wouldn't be able to follow him. And right. he'd go and, you know, like it, it, it's crazy stories like that. Um, but as far as like any superstar, like with hockey culture, the way it is, they're never going to say anything controversial. Maybe Ronick, you know, kind of, but even his story, it, it's still very vanilla. Yes, he's very outspoken, but as Ho- far hockey, as what he did in the game, hockey itself his, is very vanilla. Like, are we talking about racism again? No, different show. <laughs> but it, it's it's almost like it's a closed knit group. Like you, like how we talked about how Lamarillo and, and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's for the boys. It's, it's just, it's everything on the Jersey. It's not the name. It, right. Like you were saying, what's, what's a good marketing way to say, look at us, look at our sport. Let's gain fans. You can't go too vanilla because then it's like, ah, hockey's boring. You can't go too outrageous because it's like, what is it, a freak show? Like what, you know? It's like Sean Avery on like, you know, speed or something like that. You can't do it that way. But Yeah, but he also isn't kind of a broad enough player where non-hockey fans would watch it. Oh, I agree. It's it's tough to pick um, anyone to fit that type of thing, especially because Jordan's thing was made so high. You set the bar so high. I don't know if a sport like hockey can put something out like that that would bring in people from the outside. It's tough. Do you do Mario Lemieux? I don't know. Oh, he's just, I mean, yeah, again, that's one of those feel good. Oh, you know, he had cancer and 
you know, the end. <laughs> and he got better, you know, like, and then he went on to own the team and the team wins the Stanley Cup. It's, it's just, it's sad that they can't, that hockey, as you say, is so vanilla in the fact that our players, um, don't have personalities because it's always, like you said, team first. Yeah. So with the playoffs starting. Playoffs? Playoffs. Uh, well, it's funny. When baseball restarted, they're calling it summer camp. and it's like, it's like, don't be so childish. Do you call hockey's summer camp now too to, to get ready? Camp. Huh? Cause it's sleepaway camp because sleep of the hub camp. cities. It's weird how you're setting all these teams – Skate, skate, skate in your little town, test everybody, and then get sucked into two cities like a vacuum, and you can't leave, you can't do anything. Now, I'm more sports-oriented than anything else. I'm already seeing people that, for the NBA, they're restarting their season in Orlando, okay? Hotbed for COVID, everything else. Players are already stating, yeah, I went outside the thing to get food because the food inside here stinks. What are the consequences going to be? They have to, uh, what do you call it, for two weeks? Right, but there should be consequences yes. because you're you're costing, yes, you're not costing our, our playoffs. Oh, yeah. So with the hockey thing, right, you have everybody, I guess, sequestered. It's the best way I can describe it. Testing, testing, testing. Once you're all good, what, you get like time warped into two hubs and that's it? I'm assuming they're getting into a hotel. Boom. That's them. That's it. You just get sucked into another hotel for the other groups. That's it. Can't go out. Can't go. Nothing. They should let them go to Disney World and shit. Oh, for the NBA players? Yeah. I thought all of this is weird. How are you going to be able to play any sport? Obviously, we're talking hockey without fans. Do it all the time. <laughs> yes, I know. Beer you play men's I league. Get that. But from an NHL level, right? If you don't have fans, you don't have that, that noise that comes down. Is there anything said that on the bench to players or things like that? that now can be heard, like, you know, game plan and all that kind of stuff that can be heard by the other team and you know what's coming. I'm looking forward to it because you think about it with no fans and all the music and everything, you're going to be able to hear everything on that ice. So basically this thing should be held on HBO. (laughs) There should be a delay. Yes, and a dump guy. Yeah. Go to uh, Van Halen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> throwback but yeah it's it's weird I'm glad that the CBA got done though um, because there's no way that it shouldn't have been done and the fact that they none of, they were able to accomplish all of this and not be in the same room yeah you know all through video conferencing and just be like now in four years from now is this going to be an issue is it going to be the players like hey look we bent over for you guys you know four years ago with with covid and then the team can turn around and be like yeah i paid you to not play (laughs) you know it's gonna it's gonna be a tug of war the next time but so be it i'm glad it's over i'd be interested to to i think you you made mention of it or for 
you know, summer playoffs in the next segment. Yeah, you're, you're barbecuing your burgers and dogs, and all of a sudden you're watching the NHL Network on your phone. This isn't supposed to happen this way. <laughs> awesome. Just think about it. If the Devils were actually good and you're able to tailgate in the parking lot, you know, like legitimately tailgate, you know, outside in shorts yeah. and a T-shirt and, you know, day drink and show up to the game annihilated kind of. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go yeah. to Canada. Well, we, have, we have to be good first. Yeah. <laughs> um. um yeah, the playoffs will start August 1st, three games a day. It's going to be a wet dream for hockey fans because I believe it's noon, three and six. Like, and yeah, but then there's the Canadian games where it's going to the, the West Coast games where it's going to be like seven, 10 and, you know, 12. So you're essentially going to be having a hockey gasm. Well, yeah. Now, the real thing is. Where are they going to put all of these games? Like, is it going to be how it is on NSNBC? Or is it going to be on? I, I think this points to some talk I heard about um, Batman looking for, like, the best TV deal. So this is going to end up proving, hey, we need that additional income. So it's going to be like ESPN, it's going to be MSNBC and USA Network and all this other kind of stuff to, I don't know, set the groundwork for his next his but, next move for money. But we need them. It wouldn't be that way. Like, we need the TV deal. So he it's would not have to go them out. coming to us going like, it's not going to be like ESPN going, oh, hey. Um, Glowpuck again. <laughs> well, yeah, why don't we, why don't we, uh, you know offer you X amount when the NHL needs this amount. Well, you need us. Otherwise you can go back to, you know, the outdoor and living network like you were on. Yeah. Way back. Uh, after our last show, the Washington Capitals announced the termination of Brendan Lipsick's contract. Uh, if you're unaware of what, of what happened. Good. No, I don't remember. I think it was something that, bad though. His phone was, and again, using air, air quotes, quotes, hacked and text messages were released where, A, he was talking about teammates, uh, wives, like that they were fat and everything. He was talking about banging chicks on the road and doing coke and being extremely misogynistic. Yes. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say banging chicks. I didn't, I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> Not on this show. What, what would we do? Yeah, but then I'll just go to the other one. Hey, um, Dave, but from the Jersey, way... Dave from Jersey's calling in. Hey, pal. What <laughs> Steve from Yellowstone, you're on. Yes. Um, this stuff, it, it, it sucks that it happened and that the guy had to lose his NHL career because no team is going to take a fucking risk on this guy. But... Uh, this is locker room culture, as our president called it. Uh, these conversations are happening in every locker room, in every sport, all across the planet. It's just the fact that this guy's stuff got put out there. Yeah. 
You know, are you telling me the 86 Mets team wasn't fucking talking shit about everybody's wives and Hojo's mustache and, you know. I, I don't I don't think it was the wife. To, I'm sure it was doing blow in between innings. But anyway. Innings, right. But, like, these stories are in every sport. It's yes. just that this guy. It got out. It got out. I mean, it's it's a shame that his career is over. But, you know, you're a professional they teach you this from the get-go like you, you know watch your social media don't make your password you know lippy 04 because that's your fucking number you know it's but you shouldn't be saying it but everybody does say it that's what i'm basically saying like it's not right i'm sure in women's locker rooms they're doing the same thing you know but in, in today's world, I think it ends up having to be, yes, you have to act more professional. You have All to, the time. You have to be more, you are, you are now, you are the person in a spotlight. You and I can, quote unquote, get away with garbage talk because we're nobodies. Right. Like we were mentioning before, the NHL, it's smaller, whatever. So every player is going to have a spotlight on them because, oh, you play hockey? Oh, that's what you tweeted out? So it's going to... Dun-dun-dun-dun. Yep. Now, moving on to the draft. I kind of feel bad for these guys. And I heard it on another podcast where it's like, you got to really feel bad for that first round pick because it, you're not going to get to walk across the stage. You're not going to hear your name. You know, it, it's... You're not, you're not going to get to put the jersey on. Like, what are they going to do? Like, let's say Montreal wins the first pick. They're going to show up to the kid's house. Here you go and hand them the jersey. Um, I watched the NFL draft when they did seven rounds virtually. And I thought it was pretty cool. And you see that they have an idea of who's going to pick them. A few of the players had hats under their chairs. Hats, plural. So whenever you get that call from a from your head coach or your agent going, "Hey, the Devils are picking you," act surprised. <gasps> yes, and then you pull out the Devils hat and hope you don't. <laughs> yes, and that's what they did. And then it was all by Zoom. It's like what we're doing here. I don't necessarily feel sorry for that. There's a certain aspect of it. Obviously, I've never been anywhere near anything draftable. Period. I think I got. I went to the NHL draft when it was in (laughs) New Jersey. That's as close as I got. Yeah, I think the closest I ever got to anything like that was getting a call from some person in Indiana saying, "Hey, we want to give you a full ride to play baseball." It's part of the closest I've ever got. Anywho, um, it's it's going to be something different, something new, right? I get hockey is the whole big thing, but yeah, I'm sure that you know teams are going to be sending out care packages. Here's your jersey. Here's your you hat. do it like old school wrestling? Like, all right, um, Vancouver, you're on the clock, and they have a guy, like, they have a camera crew behind the guy getting out of the car, going to the kid's house, handing him the jersey, knocking on the door. No, it, what they actually had is they had, the G, they had cameras like this, like Zoom stuff, on the GMs and coaches or what have you. No, I get it, but I'm pick, just saying, yeah. make it. Yeah. yeah, make no. it like wrestling, like when yeah. they used to do those outdoor matches where like Edge got thrown off of a bridge in Connecticut, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Marty Brodeur gives you your jersey <laughs> with a mask. 
socially distanced. He rings your doorbell and walks away like uh, like the food delivery services. Yeah, just drops it at the door. <laughs> it's contactless jersey delivery. Yeah, it's going to be weird because um, you, you're going to get to see uh, see these kids' houses. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. As you said, it's very vanilla, so it's not like you're going to. No, you there know, was one. They're not, was... they're, they're not going to be driving into the mean streets of Toronto. No, we're here in Halifax. They're, they're going to be in the corner somewhere with a green screen and a Zoom thing going. Oh, look, they're in the Bahamas. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, the kid I'm... will be in a room with all the jerseys on a hanger, and when he gets picked, he just fucking picks the jersey <laughs> off of the hanger. So wait, how many teams are there? Thirty-one, right? Thirty-one. How many rounds are there? <laughs> Seven. Seven times thirty-one. All those players that could potentially be drafted have to get. They're all. The NHL is just going to blow money and just ship thirty-one jerseys to every kid. Yeah, but they wanted a hat. Tough. <laughs> go buy one. Go on Amazon. Get one. There you go. Hopefully, it gets to you by the draft. Uh, we already talked about the next segment with the summer playoffs. You know, it's exciting. It it's a little less exciting than what. I have on here now because baseball's coming back and basketball's coming back and whatnot. Um, teams having tailgate parties, that's not going to happen. Uh, it'd be really great for TV ratings if there was no other sport going on. But the fact that there's baseball and there's yeah. going to be, I mean, even if, even if ever, if it was just baseball, I think hockey would still lose to baseball. Like if baseball had a full season, and hockey just started in August 1st, I think they would still lose to baseball in the ratings war. I think a little bit different. I think the fact that a sport is coming back with no fans and it's it's something new, you give it like, I don't know, maybe a week's worth of games maybe or a day or two so you get that ratings bump and all that kind of stuff. Because literally, you sit here and you go, okay, baseball without fans, that's a little crazy. I mean, I loved back in the day when they did Home Run Derby, right? It was just a pitcher and a batter and an announcer. That was pretty cool. It's a long fly ball. It's, it's, it's. Oh, it's short. <laughs> I liked it. I watched it. Um, will I watch baseball now? Maybe. Hockey without fans and, and just, it, it's like it's like going to a devil's open practice or Devils game in the early '90s when there was 75 people in the crowd. That's it. It's it'll be fun to watch. I, I don't. It'll be. It's just going to be odd in the fact that you're watching hockey. You're gonna you're gonna be a fan of your team. You're gonna put on a jersey and shorts in an air conditioned room watching hockey in the summer. You, this isn't repeats. This isn't you know filler for your local MSG channel for teams. I'm totally cool with it. So am I. It's it's going to be a good diversion from what we have now, which is absolutely nothing. Nothing. I'm just trying to figure out a way to get cable outside <laughs> <laughs> in my my new newly done yard where I could project it on my fence and watch it. You just sit out there on the patio with yep. your toque on and ninety degree weather and a beer. And yeah, a daddy, singlet. why are you outside? Watching on a screen like that, it's the playoffs. To take, um, to take now a line we, from uh, a Christmas story, 
when he puts the lamp out and he goes out in the street. It's you major... should see what it looks like from out here. Yeah. It's a major award. Yes. You have everybody in your town just huddle in your backyard. Watch this sport. It's called hockey. Yeah, not my town. Hey, um, drive-in, moving. Theme, drive-in movie theaters. Put hockey up there. Perfect. Yeah. Anyway. I'm cool with that. Absolutely. I heard uh, Jim Gaffigan was playing the parking lot of uh, Mammoth race car, racetrack. Nice. They just had a stage and you pulled your car into the parking lot yeah. and you could turn to a radio station. And I know it's a little off topic, but Dave Chappelle did the same thing where it was like an open, it was like, it looked like a backyard, a little stage with a little set on it. Yeah, I saw People were sitting six feet apart and all this other kind of stuff. And he's doing a 25 minute set and I'm sitting here going, hell yeah, I would go to something like that. Anyway. Yep. It's going to be like uh, an now, outdoor game all the time. Yeah. What do we do? And we kind of discussed this already a little bit. Like at the end, at the end, when does the next season start? You know, it's it's going to be one of those. Do do you just make it a shortened season? That would probably be the most ideal thing. Would to be make next season starting in December. Make it a sixty game schedule. You you but they're not going to do that. You have to take into consideration that. Okay. How long was it? Four or five months before guys get back to playing now? Okay. All this is done, so their bodies are all out of whack. Injuries are plenty, I'm going to assume, with all this. Okay. Let's then let's fast forward to next season. With injuries are plenty now, your body's out of it. You're starting a season in December like you were on long-term injured reserve, right? I don't know. You, you have to think of... You finish whatever this is, and you have to do a short season next year. And you hope that the next season is, quote-unquote, back to normal. Right, but that's not going to happen because apparently the big question, no, is, yeah, they need to have a full season next year for negotiations for the TV rights in the year after. So you meet me sitting here, just your common Joe Blow, thinking, Shouldn't TV people right now be talking to sports going, I get it. Let's, you know. They don't care. I know. Show me the money. Yeah, I know. But me sitting here going, you can work this out. There's a stupid pandemic and you're going to haggle over millions right now. Yes. There's a reason that they have millions because they do, you know, show me the money. It's show business, not show friends. And, you know, it would be cool, though. If you're going to start in December and now the the hockey is going to be the playoffs start July 15th and go through August, you're not competing with the World Series. You're not going to be competing with um, basketball at all, college football. Really, you're only going to be competing with the NFL for a month and a half. You know, if you start but then we, in but then December, we do anyway. So, right. So now, from let's say you start December fifteenth, from February April second, yeah, through you're not competing with anything other than basketball, and sadly, those two demographics are not crossing over much. You have you have the opportunity to of a lifetime to market the hell out of your sport to get more people. Now, then people are going to be like, oh, cool, I'm a first-time hockey fan, and you're playing in, like, August. That's cool. So when next August rolls around, you point out to me, where's that hockey stuff? 
So they yeah. played in August, you know, and that's well, that's why I think this is the way it's going to be from now on. So good and bad, I guess. But now we've got wrestling, wrestling, wrestling without fans. I tell you, well, if, if uh, go ahead, you go first. No, go ahead. I, I look, okay. I would say I'm an AEW mark. Obviously, I'm wearing the hat. The hat, yeah. It's a good-looking fucking hat, too, I swear. Um, oh, by the way, your your Orange Cassidy shirt's still here. And yeah. by the by the way, when uh, AEW puts out that second line of res- wrestling figurines that have Orange Cassidy, I'll buy two. One <laughs> oh, for okay. you and one for me. Not one for your desk? No, one. F- All right, three, mm. whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> no, like the actual wrestling figurines, not a Funko Pop. Oh, I saw I saw the wrestling figurines. They're pretty cool. But uh, the figurine has to have his hand in his pocket. Yeah, how do you do like, that? Like how do you do the figurine thing with with like you have to like stitch on like weird pants for him to stick his hands in there? No, you can't have it where you can put his hands in his pocket. You have to have it the figurine just has its arms in its pocket. Listen, the five year the five year old's not gonna be able to do the 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 orange cassidy moves in his little fake ring. If you if you just have it in his pants, when I was a kid, I hated those wrestling figurines. Like I I loved the character, but I hate the way they made it because it wasn't like you know you're playing in a little ring and it's like no, how could you like punch somebody when a guy's just putting his muscles up like Hulk Hogan? You can't. It's all elbows. You know I what I mean? The, I have the Diamond Dallas Page one somewhere around here. I think it's upstairs in with my the, office, do, do and his arms are up. Yeah, like this. Like yeah, it's cool. He could do the diamond cutter, but. <laughs> Yeah, okay. He's not punching anybody. You can't put his arms down because then he's like this. And as you're playing with your imaginary, like, you know, your wrestling federation, it's like all he does is like RKOs and diamond cutters, nothing else. It's almost we won't like. say that I got this toy in college. Okay. No worries. <laughs> but someone gave someone on my team gave it to me. It's almost like when you go all the way back to the 8 bit Nintendo when the WrestleMania game came out and you can do Andre the Giant. All he could do was a huge elbow and a kick. A huge elbow and a kick. That was it. Oh, that's all he could do in real life. (laughs) Uh, That's true. Um, So I look at the way AEW puts together their Dynamite show. Um, I watched, I rarely watch Raw or SmackDown, and I watched it recently. And it's not because I'm in near love with AEW. The production and the whatever writing you want to call AEW I don't care about ratings leaps and bounds beyond what WWE does it's because the, it's fresh the look the feel the excitement from it is great like you said it's fresh AEW is fresh you look at the WWE and it's like when they put up the hockey plexiglass around the ring I said I'm done I watched a little bit of Raw and I saw what it was. No, I'm done. I, that, that's too much of a distraction and it looks bad. The stage setup is bad. Excuse me, is bad. I, I don't know. Have you watched either or, or both? I've watched a little bit here and there. Like it's Monday now and we're not could care less about what the fuck is going on on Raw right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Like I could put it on the TV and kind of do this and look and see, but I, I don't care enough for it. I'm just, 
I guess the best way of putting it is I'm just over it. Over what wrestling or WWE? The WWE. I'm over it. Like it's you're not you're you're producing all girls karaoke on on SmackDown on a nationally televised show as a um as a knock against Cody Rhodes because he his American Nightmare T-shirt looked exactly like um, the Great American Bash logo. That's I think why they were doing it, which. Both of those concepts are absolutely stupid. Karaoke, ju- stupid. Getting back it, in another organization, stupid. It just shows that Vince, like, doesn't care. Know, no, it's touch. not that he doesn't care. I think that he doesn't have his finger on the pulse anymore. It's just, give me the biggest guy with the biggest muscles, and I'm going to put the belt on him. Okay, that's Drew McIntyre. Okay, now don't, no knock on Drew McIntyre. You know, he earned his stripes coming up with through all those shitty gimmicks and everything that they gave him. But when it comes down to it, it's like, dude, you've got some talented, talented in-ring performers and you only care about the entertainment aspect of it, where I'm going to make an outrageous thing here instead of making it like, let's make it like AEW's again, is. I know it's wrestling, but AEW makes it a little more realistic. They do storytelling. Right. In their storytelling, in their, like the whole Jericho and Orange Cassidy build up. You know, I read a thing that Jericho came out and he's like, I hated his gimmick. He goes, I hated Orange. He goes, I thought it was him making fun and poking fun at the industry. Like with the stupid super kick and the little, um, the little shin kick, you know. Yeah, his whole gimmick is like, like. I even said, I watched his stuff and I didn't get it. I thought it would go, I don't know, two three weeks, and then what do you do? What what happens when he has to wrestle? He but, can wrestle. Yeah, as I mean, look, who knew that a Jericho Orange Cassidy that. At this point is like Jericho sold Orange Cassidy. Yeah, absolutely. But he he does that. See, that's the difference. There's guys in the WWE that won't that will not sell. Like I don't see Seth Rollins selling to get somebody over. I don't see Brock no selling. And Jericho's their biggest star right now. And he's just like he did with Fandango. He's putting over guys and basically saying, here's the ball. I'm giving you the ball. Run with it. Now, even though in that match, Jericho beat Orange Cassidy, it was a great match. Storytelling back and forth, everything else, yeah? Right. The the near falls, the, you know, the fact that he did his joke little kick kick and then he fucking really hit him with the super kick. Yeah. You know, like, it's one of those where you're like, I legit watched it and didn't know who was going to win. Where in WWE, you have an idea. You know yeah. who you know who's winning. You know who's winning. It's not even, you know, when you see Seth Rollins walking down to the ring and the dude he's wrestling is already in the ring, whether it's Titus O'Neil or whoever, you're like, Titus O'Neil ain't winning this fucking match. You also but with AEW, you 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 don't know. You also look at uh, the TNT Championship. The TV title per se of what WCW used to have, like and Cody Rhodes being out there every week defending it. 
Well, that's nothing new, though. But I mean, but look, he and I read a great line today that I totally agree with is that he is selling the talent on the roster. You know that this Wednesday he's um, defending against Sonny Kiss, who's the uh, openly gay uh, wrestler kind of thing. Not in gimmick, but in real life kind of stuff. But he's defending that title against him. And you know what? He's going to sell every move. He's going to show off the talent that Sonny Kiss has. I've never seen Sonny Kiss anywhere else. I had never even heard the name before AEW. Uh, last yeah, week, uh, before the uh, Fighter Fest two-day pay-per-view thing, um, it was some dude from um, Ring of Honor, I think it was, that he gave a title shot to. He lost, but he put it all out there. Even Jack Hager, or however you'd like to call him, I don't know. It, the storytelling, the selling of it, the production of it, it, it's not perfect, nor do I want it to be. Right. Could it, could and it they be, have, could it be they have guys yeah. that you know if they were in WWE they'd be ruined. You know, like, oh, absolutely. Orange Cassidy would be a joke. He'd be he'd be t- uh, teaming with Fandango and like another... Um... He'd be Santino. Yeah, or worse. Okay, or, or the Hurricane, you know, where Shane Helms is a f- fabulous wrestler, but you're putting a fucking superhero gimmick on him. And I granted, I know it's him because he probably read the room and went, this is going to get me on TV. Yeah. Where being Sugar Shane Helmsley is not going to get me on fucking TV. You know? Um, On the other side, uh, you know, MGF. His gimmick would never get over in WWE. Everybody would probably call him a ripoff of like Ric Flair or whatever. Yeah. But you look at it, he goes, the kid, he's 23 years old. Yeah, he, he just needs to get in better shape yes now he doesn't have to get like ripped you know he need yeah he needs to get in better shape but it's just you watch the that money in the bank where the fucking main event was they had to climb the titan tower what is it you know it's like an arcade game it was it was just so overproduced and they added some funny bits in there you know them busting into vince's office and get out of here you know kind of thing okay but like you threw Alistair Black off the roof of a building. You should be dead. And then he shows up on fucking Raw the next day. Yeah. Like it's not realistic. Like you're watching that and you're like, Yep, this is stupid. You know, it's not like the old hell in the cell where after you know mankind went off the root off of it. Every hell in the cell match after that, you're like who is who's getting thrown off the cage or who's jumping off the cage, mm-hmm. you know, because it's realistic. You're like, holy shit, like you can't fake that. Whereas now they're openly faking stupid shit because the Undertaker's last match with AJ Styles was good. That that boneyard fight yeah. was good. And now they think, oh, wow, people, we got such rave reviews. We're just going to overproduce fucking matches left and right now. What's the... um? What's the thing with Rey Mysterio and uh, uh, you just said the guys? Oh, what the hell's that? The pay per view that's happening next. Something about there's like an eye for an eye thing where they're gonna they're literally it's being broadcast that they're gonna be using CGI because somebody's air quote losing an eye. Really? Oh, cool. That's what I want a pirate wrestler. Seth Rollins and and Rey Mysterio. Somebody's losing an eye. 
You know who's cool. going to lose an eye? Rey Mysterio, because he's probably retiring soon. Yeah, and he'll go wrestle in Mexico and with another mask that has... So what, his mask is just going to have a fucking blackout thing where he can still see? Come on. It's not like he's going to take his mask off. I, I just think that... If, even putting the roster in AEW around the ring to be fans is more entertaining than putting like NXT people around the ring and a couple fans or whatever into WWE stuff. It's yeah, more entertaining. Yep. Now I read that this is again, back when I wrote this in May or some port, um, that the AEW was thinking about putting an authority figure, like bringing somebody in to be like the boss mm-hmm. kind of don't do it. Don't, don't do it. it. What's what's cooler now is you just have two guys run into each other backstage. Let's fight. All right, let's go to the ring and fight. And that's it, kind of. Or, you know, they talk smack on each other on the side. Like you said, with having the wrestlers on the side of the ring, you know, you throw me into one of them like MGF and he, oh, my beer went all over me. Well, you know what? Now we got to fight for next week. Yeah. It's organic. It's not forced. And you, you know, look, and you look at what AEW is doing with. Um, Brian Cage, we talked about this really early on about what wrestlers could come into AEW and make some type of impact thing. Brian Cage from TNA. you They matched him up with Taz. Perfect. Yeah, you mean Paul Heyman? Small? Yes. Yes. It doesn't matter. What's more entertaining? What? 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 <laughs> See, now I want to do this. Who's more entertaining than Taz? Nobody. Better than Canyon? <laughs> um, Rest in peace. Yes. It, it's perfect. You look at what Tessa Blanchard was literally fired from impact because they couldn't, she, they couldn't come to an agreement where she can come in from Mexico, drop the title and walk out. So they fired her and took the belt away from her before her contract expired. Bring her in, bring in that women's thing. Uh, who else? Um, she's got, she's going to WWE from what I read today. No, don't, you're, don't do it. You're going, you're doing, you're going they're doing an, all, that all-female pay-per-view evolution again. No. You, and you, that sh- she's going to be. It's going to be money. That's all. It's a money grab. Don't do it. But then you you have um, you know Matt Hardy coming into AEW and doing his every, <laughs> every gimmick that he has done. <laughs> he's doing in AEW. Oh, I know. It's, it's like he's got multiple personalities. Yes. Um. Who else? I can't. Um, well, I Brody think Lee. all of their do not compete. All those guys that were. They're pretty much up soon. They're up on Sunday, right? Because I think Slammiversary is on Sunday. Yeah. And there's talk about EC3 going. To- EC3. And, and there was the Gal Anderson and Gallows thing that they kind of. I think it's stupid if they go to TNA. You don't you don't go from, you know, eating uh, at a fancy restaurant to every Wendy's. night to going to the olive garden <laughs> there's an olive garden joke in there isn't there <laughs> i just can't bring to the surface but yeah it look i'm playing the garden the olive, the olive garden there is only two real wrestling federations to go to wwe or aew if you and want to be on tv impact uh, no it's impact's a, yeah, done it's... It's on uh, life support. Um, uh, WWE just bought somebody else. 
recently. I forget what it was, but it was like I heard the name once off of TN, like the early TNA days. And then I was, and it's like, who? So everything is condensing. Uh, New Japan's yep. not going to make it big here. Uh, Ring of Honors, I Doesn't think have just TV. Ring of Honors, I mean, shut down at this point. They're not doing any. There was talk about maybe July or August of being a, a time frame to do that, but go to AEW, build yourself up that way, make a name for yourself, and guess what? When the crowds come back in and everything else, instant. It sucks for people that like the WWE with 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 um, the guys winning the titles and all that kind of stuff, like Strowman and and uh, McIntyre, McIntyre winning and not having anything to celebrate with, right? And or having a guy debut without the pop, like yeah, like Brody Lee. You knew it was coming in, but you wanted to see what it was. I popped. Um, but what I mean is, like, even yeah. in WWE, it kind of sucks because even if and I, I read something today about like CM Punk and he said like the four wrestlers that he would come back to wrestle in the WWE. And it's like Daniel Bryan. It's guys that you would like wrestlers. Right. He's like Daniel Bryan, John Cena, you know, like I would come back and wrestle these guys. Well, I wouldn't bring them back until crowds are back. Yeah. Because you need to hear that pop when he comes like even Tessa Blanchard, like, it's kind of a waste to bring her back if nobody's there. Like, what are you going to be like? Oh, look, it's Tessa Blanchard. Like, yes, you're not going to exactly. hear that. Yeah. And it's the same for AEW. Like, you bring in those guys next. I guess it would be next Wednesday because they're all their do not competes. Yeah. You know, are up, and it's you're going to bring in, let's say Anderson or Gallows or EC3 or whoever. Well, you're not going to get that pop. It kind of loses it. Like, and we we talk about it constantly. The debut of all debuts that always gets is is the gold standard for debuts. Jericho. Is Jericho. You know, and you're gonna totally miss out on that that crowd. Like I watched that the other day just for shits and giggles, and I still got like Chills, like yeah. when that when that break the wall, yeah, you know, like that came. Can you I got I, if you imagine chills. it, right? How he was in WCW, right? He was large, big guy, everything else, left after the Goldberg thing. Reinvents his character in WWE with the whole Walls of Jericho, Raw is Jericho, all that kind of stuff. You thought he was done, right? He With the whole, you made the list stuff, and he's done. Nope, and he comes back and does this. In AEW, and what sucks is that his move is like the spinning elbow. It's yeah, called it's the stupid. Judas effect. <laughs> Whatever. <clears throat> One thing I've noticed too, and I think I think I texted it to you. He was chubby when AEW first started. He's he's starting to work out more. <laughs> he's, toning, he's got free time. He's toning up, but he reinvented himself with this inner circle thing and and the whole La Champion thing. I love it. That he's, wrestling. He's going to be a, right. He's going to be a guy that when he decides he's done wrestling, he's going to do one of two things in wrestling. He's either A, he's going to go and be a booker somewhere time, where he's going to. Oh, wrong booker. Sorry. Or. Yeah. Corey Booker? No. <laughs> <laughs> or he is going to become a commentator. I think commentating. It's going to be like because, a Macho Man kind of thing or. 
where he's he's or body he's quick body enough yeah where he and he's smart enough to know what the script says to do and then also improvise it enough where he can i mean he could be the next kind of king where you know you were a great wrestler you you but now you realize you're old enough where you, you shouldn't be taking bumps anymore. Puppies. Speaking of wrestlers that aren't going to be taking bumps anymore. And I kind of wanted to lead with this one was the undertaker. Re- actually wrestling retired, whatever the fuck that means. Are you, but are that, we sure about that? He made the comment. Like, I guess if you read his release after that his documentary the last ride which was did you watch it no i did not i want it's to, very but... it's very good it's it's very it's it's also it takes you i think it's like four or five episodes it takes you a solid two episodes to like watch it and be like that's the fucking undertaker like in jeans like that's yeah. the undertaker in he, a t-shirt what did he, <laughs> he i think he was talking about it on um the broken skulls podcast where it was like I was given this gimmick 24-7. I am the Undertaker. You see me out in an airport, I'm a dead man. You see me at a mall, I'm a dead man. And he lived his character for how many years? 30? Yep. And he said, like, he goes, it's it's time for me now to be Mark. It's time for me to be the dad. It's time for me to be a husband. But if Vince needs me. I'll be there in a heartbeat. That's what he essentially said. He's like, I'll be there. You know, breaking case of emergency was mm-hmm. his kind of yeah. thing. I don't want to see it. What? Hey, uh, like him retiring or or doing the one-offs? The, him coming back for the, the payday in Saudi Arabia. Because the whole documentary, it shows his like fucking botch fests. Yeah. Like it shows his old school footage. It shows him filming those old school kind of backstage things where he was in a graveyard with Paul Bear, mm-hmm. you know, building the casket for Kamala kind of. They show all of that. But then you you sit there and you go, man, like this guy's 50 something years old and he's doing this dead man gimmick. And he talks about his last match with AJ Styles, how it ends perfectly. He drives off on the motorcycle. As a kind of blend between the Undertaker and the American badass. And he's like, and who I am. And he goes, if that's my last match, I'm perfectly fine with that. But then they show like his Goldberg match where it was just a botch fest. And he, you could tell that he's a guy that has immense pride. He's a perfectionist. Yeah. In the industry. And that's awesome to see. But like, dude, you're 50 years old wrestling another 50 year old man. It's not going to look good. You know, you ended it the way you should have ended it with a guy that could carry the match in AJ Styles. And that's boom. Walk away. I, I totally you know? agree. I, you're done. It's not like the uh, And there, there was like, oh, well, Sting wants to wrestle. Him. I don't want to watch two 50 year old men wrestle. I know your your Sting is your all time guy. No, but I don't. I don't want to watch Sting. it. You know where you I want to see Sting? AEW. You talk yeah, about but, that whole. You you talk about that whole like having a authority figure kind of guy in there. I don't want him wrestling. But he will. That's the problem with those authority figures. Mm. You know, like you never thought that Vince was going to wrestle. 
And then once he did, and you saw how jacked he was and how it progressed the storyline with Austin and all these other guys, you're, you're, you look forward to it. You, you don't need it for Sting or Angle I, I or, think, or Flair. I, I honestly believe that in order for Sting to close his wrestling book, he needs a WCW to close it and go, I'm good because he got that ripped away from him. That sting flare match that last nitro where WCW then each. Yep. No, that's that's you. You looked at them doing that. And yes, I know they were old at the time, but them doing it and all that kind of stuff. And you just look at it and you go that that is not what he deserves. Let him go to a, a an AEW in all intent and purposes, it's WCW too. Okay. Between storylines, the people there, the brain trust, everything. It's WCW too, which is fine. Let them go there. They make the references, finish it out that way, do it that way. And just let it, I mean, unless Vince owns the name sting now, which I hope to God he doesn't. I hope to God he doesn't. Just like the whole Cody Rhodes thing, Vince owns Cody Rhodes. That's why he's Cody in AEW. Ridiculous. <laughs> what was what was Dusty Rhodes' real name? Was it Rhodes? I don't. Is or is it like Ric Flair? It's it's you know, Fleer. Fleer. Yeah. yeah. Dusty Rhodes. Real name. American. It is Dusty Rhodes. Ah, Virgil Riley Runnels Jr. Oh, that's right. Terry Runnels. Runnels. Virgil Riley Runnels. All right, so that makes sense then. If Vince owns the Rhodes name. uh, But speaking of Vince, you know, this this season of the dark side of wrestling mm-hmm. happened um and all it really did was reinforce to me that Vince is the devil in real life you know the the episodes that they had if you didn't watch this season was Dino Bravo I watched that one that was to to go- doesn't really involve Vince too much no, but it does because it's one of those you want to make you want to make money. Here, bleach your hair, come over here, and I'll give you the money. And he did, and then he started doing mob work. Right. Then he did the slap with uh, I forget who the wrestler was, where they slapped the yeah, current the affair TV. guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, like where Vince to- basically told him be in character, and, then- and he was in character, and then Vince cut him loose. What was the other ones? They did Owen Hart. Self-explanatory. If you're a wrestling fan, you don't have to. That one was hard to watch. Um, I still don't but, understand how they told uh, Jim Ross keep going. I, yeah. I don't understand. Well, you have to listen to that his podcast when he talked about that. It's keep going, and like you could every time they pan to him and the King, you could just see the King had a look on his face, like. Yeah, deer in a headlight. Deer, yeah, like I can't believe I just saw that. But if you watch that 
episode, um, the Owen Hart one, like his wife and kids went up to the catwalk. Yeah. Like days after he was dead to see exactly how it happened. Like the blood stain was still on the fucking mat. It was, in, it was a crime scene. And they talked about like, she has the rig that he was wearing. Like she showed it like it, this it's, is it. And it's essentially like one of those clips you have on your keys yeah, to like put loop it onto your belt kind yeah. of things. I, and he's out of the whole part of that episode. I didn't like that part of it because it just like, there was a story I got it and like whatever that end of it was just one of those. Oh no. The snooker one where, you know, that he fucking kept snooker out of jail. I didn't watch that one because I really didn't care about snooker. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, the fact that like this beautiful young girl was murdered in his room and he's like, okay, brother, I don't know what happened. Like, Oh, and he, like he changed this story seven times and then he was arrested to be questioned and Vin shows up with his lawyers and he's just released and gone. Like, all right. I forget what the other uh, Benoit was this season. Was Benoit this one? That one was a little tough. Jericho's in that. Jericho does the, the voice, commentating yeah. for the whole thing. Um that one was rough because they have Jericho's son, his older son from his first marriage throughout the whole thing. No, uh, Benoit, not Jericho. Benoit, sorry, Benoit's son. Yeah, who looks just like just him. like him, and is a wrestler apparently. And Jim Ross is in it, and they ask Jim Ross like, "Should he be in the Hall of Fame?" Yeah, D. Malenko's in it, yeah. and he's like, "Should he be in the Hall of Fame for his wrestling record?" Yes, he goes, but I can't see how they'll ever put him in the Hall of Fame based on how it ended yeah and then they said the same thing to jericho and jericho's like nancy should be in the yeah hall of fame but it's impossible to... to put her in without mentioning what happened and they talked to his son and his son's like i just he goes i understand he goes you know what happened but i hate the fact that my father is essentially erased yeah he is from wrestling because of this like you know, and they Dean Malenko, they ask him and he's like Dean Malenko's um, role in that thing. I, I, I watched it. And at the end of it, I go, it's like somebody had a gun to his head and said, talk about it. Yeah. But he he, the fact that he nothing. was like, he's my friend and he goes, it's horrible what happened. You can't imagine it. I hate it. He goes, but it's very difficult for me to not think of Chris Benoit as the guy I traveled around with for all of those years as my friend Chavo too. Yeah. Chavo, Ed, uh, Eddie Gore. They, that was a big thing in that episode was about Eddie and, and Benoit, how Benoit was so broken up after Eddie died and Chavo, Chavo explaining how Eddie died. That one was fucking, uh, it's the whole, I mean, you, you, you want to know the stories of the, of Chris Benoit or Eddie Guerrero and Owen Hart. You've always wanted yeah. to know all that kind of stuff. And it happened. They record whatever, whatever side of it it was. And you watch it and you go. <sighs> yep. That's, they must have gotten, by the way, rights because they showed a lot of WWE footage that they didn't show in season one. Unless 
Oh yeah, for for all the other stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm thinking, and Cash this is game. for a future show. Like, what what else can you really do? You've really hit probably the five or six major news stories in wrestling. The whole steroid thing, but then you don't know how much Vince is going to let go. You know he's not going to be a part of it. You know, you know Hogan's not going to be a no. part of it. So you're going to have all you're going to have like Jimmy Hart or Brutus Beefcake telling Hogan's side of it. You're not going to have Vince's side of it. You're probably not going to have a lot of um, material for that. Do you do one on wrestlers dying young, or is that part of the steroids one? I don't know how. That'd probably be part of the steroids, like a little blip of the the steroids. Yeah, but can't be a little blip when we can't go 30 days without somebody dying. Um, New Jack was the other good one. I didn't watch that one because I, I don't know. I'll, he is uh, a Legion, crazy the, motherfucker. Uh, huh? He is a crazy motherfucker. Well, welcome to ECW. Um, uh, Legion of Doom. That was the other show that was on. But yeah. Hawks. Uh, and that other guys. wrestling one, the guy who tried to start a wrestling company in L.A. That, and, and, and it was like all-star wrestling. Yeah. Dude, he got too big for his britches. Started doing blow and disappeared. I and I I love Mick Foley at the end of it. He, he's not dead. He's somewhere doing it, and he's laughing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I th- I can't really see them doing because I'm sure that there is a ton of other controversial issues that they can talk, but you're going to start getting really really thin. Because you can't do anything things. on like the demise of WCW because they have a DVD on that already, and WWE probably has all the rights to it on that stuff. But um, you could bring out Bischoff and have his side. I think he's already he went through that on his podcast though, so I don't think you would. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. All these issues, even the the what's it called, Owen Hart's death was brought up on. They did a whole episode on Owen Hart's death oh, on yeah, Jim, Jim Ross's. Can I get the who's um what's the guy's name that that interviews everybody uh justin thompson or i forget the the guy's first name the, the, uh, but i have to he's a mortgage broker dude oh no conrad conrad thompson, thompson. Yeah. 83 a, weeks yeah he's a mortgage guy and he and owns he like five or six of the best damn podcasts that and he does that wrestling convention uh thing starcade He's also married to Ric Flair's daughter, so he does have, yeah. Not Charlotte. No, the other one, like one of his other daughters he's married to. Oh. <laughs> so he does have a kind of elbow room into the right. industry. At that point, you start doing um, wrestler documentary things because th- there's no storylines. You, you could probably do one on like the Four Horsemen. You know, how they ran. Yeah. You could probably do one on Andy Kaufman. If they didn't already, I don't remember if they did that in season one. They might have, but would you bring in the king for that? Would he be allowed to do that? How do you not bring in the king? I know. That's that's the thing. I know. Let us know. Becky Lynch is pregnant. Congratulations. What happened? (laughs) 
Becky Lynch is pregnant with Seth Rollins' apostle. <laughs> Fucking man is going to have a baby. <laughs> She's fucking pregnant. I'm fucking pregnant. <laughs> Means no Jameson for me. Oh, man. That's exactly why you have to bring in Tessa Blanchard, because she's not there. There's no reason to watch women's wrestling. And uh, Charlotte's out for a while because of the, the leakage in her uh, chestal area. Hey, maybe you shouldn't have got triple Z's. <laughs> triple Z's. Triple H's. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast, folks. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Download us on any podcastral app you have on your phone. We are everywhere. iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, the interwebs in general. show <laughs> oh for it had to, to talk be about. <laughs> it's been three months of course. hopefully as the hockey season continues and some fun wrestling stuff happens there will be more of these to come uh, yeah wrestling is fun again with AEW hockey is fun again because it's back I didn't even realize there was a third page <laughs> of notes I didn't see the last. Oh, no worry. We covered it. That's all right. Oh, God. Any any last words for the folks out there who like to uh, peruse our little podcast? Wear a mask. Toodles.